Welcome to GRE Snacks, a snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that uses memory-based adaptive learning to get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Melody Jones from Vantage Point MBA Admissions Consulting online with us. And Melody, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on today, Tyler. Thrilled to be here. Um, So I'm the co-founder of Vantage Point MBA Admissions Consulting, and our firm advises applicants to the top MBA programs in the U.S. and Europe. And so, you know, think of our services as your co-pilot throughout the application process. So typically when folks are just starting off, maybe you're still studying for the GMAT or the GRE, um, and you want an advisor to sort of take you through the application process from start to finish. So from figuring out your story and your career goals to writing great essays to interview prep, we're here to guide you through it all. And uh, our team is based nationwide. Um, We actually have two folks in Europe. So we work with candidates all around the world to get accepted to their dream schools. Oh, fantastic. And so today we're going to be talking about um, really through your experience, right? I think I saw on your website, you've had people go to Harvard and other really top tier schools. Yeah. And I'm wondering what are some of the applications and essays that you've seen in your time? That really stood out to you, um, because I feel like we're, you know, it's it's easy to kind of talk in general terms. Oh, you've got to like talk about this, or you've got to kind of do that. But having concrete examples can be really helpful for helping people kind of get a sense for what they really need to do to to get into these top programs. Um, so I'm, yeah, I don't know if you want to kick us off with your first story that you want to tell, yeah, sure, uh, or the first application that really stuck out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually had a lot of fun sort of prepping for this question because I got to go through my files and read through some of my um, old client essays and and just remember how amazing they were. Um, but you know, I think I think for me the the applications and the essays that have stood out the most are really the ones where where people got uncomfortably personal. And I don't mean uncomfortable for the reader. I mean uncomfortable for them, um, because I think you know, for for most of us, you know, especially many people that work in sort of more corporate and, and traditional company environments, um, you know, you, you don't really talk about personal things that much at work. And when you think about a business school application, you're thinking, okay, so I need to talk about my career, my accomplishments, and KPIs and numbers. And, and really the, the best and most standout essays and applications that I've worked on and that I've seen include a very, very strong personal component um, and, and applicants that are really able to sort of paint that picture of their whole person and how mm-hmm. you know, things that they've experienced in their personal lives, you know, family, background, culture, you name it, how that's influenced you know, how they've shown up at work and what they've done professionally, but also what they want to do in the future. Um, So I know that was a little bit general, but I kind of wanted to set that stage and then I can Mm -hmm. give you an example if you would like. Yeah, an example would be great. Okay, cool. So um, I can't name names here, of course. This is all private and confidential information, but, um, you know, these are just some of my favorite stories. So I worked with a young man a couple of years ago 
who um, who was just getting out of the military, out of the Marines. Um, and he'd actually experienced a really um, unfortunate training accident where he was actually accidentally shot by friendly fire um, mm. during a training incident and basically completely derailed his military career and, of course, had to end up leaving the military for medical reasons. Um, he had been in rehab for over a year and had multiple surgeries, etc. Um, and for him, you know, going to business school was in a way, you know, a failure, right? And I, and I don't, I don't mean to, you know, to sound dramatic here, but you know, he had envisioned his entire life being in the military. He, mm -hmm. he had dreamed of being a marine. He'd gone to an academy for undergrad. He was really sort of on this trajectory. And when this accident happened, it basically derailed his whole life plan. And he kind of had to sit back and say, okay, like what next, right? I'm, I'm not physically able to fulfill this this mission anymore. So. Let me sit back and think about, you know, what really matters to me at the core, right? What was really driving me and my desire to become, you know, a, a lifelong soldier. But ultimately, um, what does this mean in terms of my career now that I have to sort of <laughs> repivot, right? And, and take, a, mm -hmm. take another step. So for him, it was really sort of sitting back and saying, okay, I have no idea what else I want to do because this isn't what I wanted to do. And thinking about for him, it ultimately became about service. Like I got in, you know, I joined the Marines because I wanted to serve something greater than myself. And so how can I bring this element of service into a career in business? Um, and then, of course, how does an MBA fit into that? And so he was able to sort of bring in that personal story and then ultimately talk about how his passion to serve was going to sort of in um, drive and factor in to the goals that he had for business school and beyond. So I, mm -hmm. I can't, um, like I said, I can't use personally identifiable information, but I can just read oh, yeah. if you want the intro of his, of his Wharton essay, because I think this will just really bring it to life and, and sort of showcase what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, sure. Would that work? Okay. So Sustaining injuries from a gunshot wound ended my military career, but my passion to serve my country remained strong. I ultimately aspired to hold U.S. legislative office and advocate for issues such as health care and tax reform that meaningfully impact people's lives. However, I strongly believe in the value that a business background brings to politics, such as a sense of urgency to deliver measurable results and the ability to mobilize human capital. As such, I first intend to pursue a management consulting role in a top management consulting firm to gain relevant business experience and to expand on my strategic management skills that are essential to be an effective public servant. An MBA from Wharton will prepare me to achieve these goals by addressing my gaps in technical business skills and enhancing my strengths in leadership and teamwork and expanding my network. So, you know, for me, this in, in his second essay, then he tells more of the story, right, of his mm -hmm. um, of his training incident. But just his ability to sort of tie together this, you know, really no noteworthy, game changing thing that happened to him, how it helped him sort of reconnect with what was driving him, and then how he was able to weave mm -hmm. that into what he wanted to do in the future and the MBA. You know, that's that's magic. Yeah, well, and what what struck me about that also is it was very like brass tacks, and maybe that's what the essay was asking for. But it's just like I think so much of people's frame of mind coming into this process is the undergraduate essays, which are like 
you know, when I was a young boy and like very mm-hmm. kind of like flowery for lack of a better word. Um, and it, this one was like just super direct. Do you feel like that was more direct well, and to the point than most, or do you think that it was, um, pretty normal? I'm so glad you pointed that out. Um, you know, that, that was going to be my next point is that, you know, great MBA essays reflect your voice as the applicant, right? And this applicant was a very, you know, buttoned up, not flowery, not emotional person, right? He didn't even want to talk about his injury in the essays and I had to convince him to because I knew it was a really important part of what was driving him. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this applicant was very much sort of more of a matter of fact, like this is what happened, what are the next steps? And so having that voice, I think is really, really important in the essays because you want the applicant, or sorry, you want the admissions committee to know you know, who you are, like, how are you going to show up in class, right? This is going to be the person that's going to show up in class. And that's great. And the next essay that we're going to talk about um, after this, if you give me a chance to, to share another example, is mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit more flowery, out of a lack of a better word, be a little bit more emotional, right. it's going to be a little bit more sort of storytelling, because that is the type of person this applicant is. And, and another thing I'll say, too, is that, you know, the essay that you're going to write for Wharton is going to be different than the essay you're going to write for Stanford because those two schools are looking for different things and emphasize different mm-hmm. things in their culture. And so I think the applicant was reflected in that approach, but I also think the school was reflected in the approach that you took. Right. Yeah, no, that uh, makes a ton of sense. And I actually, yeah, I was hoping that you had another one to share with us. I think that'd be great. Maybe for, like, I think the same format, again, uh, makes a lot of sense where it's like, providing context and then if you're able to read like a little snippet i thought that was really cool yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so um the next applicant i'll tell you about um and she she's such a such a lovely person and the reason why i'm excited to to tell you a little bit more about her is that she's actually come full circle so she was one of the first applicants that we worked with when we started our company back in 2016 and she's actually come back now and has joined my team as an advisor so um, oh, her cool. essay is a few years old, but um, but I think it still stands strong. It's still one of the best essays I've ever read. And so um, her background is that she worked in finance um, mm-hmm. and, you know, was sort of at a point in her career where she was looking around and saying, is this it? Um, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this really what lights me up inside? Is this really, you know, what I want to spend the rest of my life sort of, you know, spending the majority of my waking hours doing? And I think for her, she had um, in the background a health diagnosis that it had happened in her life, you know, back in her teenage years. But, you know, it was something that still impacted her on a daily basis. And she started to think about, you know, maybe I want to sort of use my skills and my voice in business to make a greater impact on a patient population that I'm personally a part of. Um, and so that was a large part of the conversation that she had with um, with her consultant was just around, OK, do I really want to sort of talk about making this massive career pivot? It feels really scary, but it also feels right and it feels true to who I am and what I want to do. And so ultimately, that was sort of the platform that she was applying to business school on was like, hey, I'm this finance person. I want to make this major move and sort of align my career with my values and with my passions. And as a result, of mm-hmm. course, she then had to share her story, right? Share her story of her diagnosis and sort of what the pivot was for her. Right. So yeah, I'll no, that makes the a lot of sense. 
Yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever you uh, want to share, that'd be great. Okay, cool. Um, so this is actually the intro to her Harvard essay. Um, she ended up going to Stanford, but um, I, I really love this introduction. <laughs> and so she got into both, by the way. <laughs> um, but she chose Stanford. Um, but you know, this essay, I think, is this intro is really powerful and, and is going to provide a contrast to the previous one I just shared with you. Mm -hmm. All right. So <clears throat> my upbringing taught me to be proudly self-reliant. My mother, a construction worker by day and a waitress by night, worked relentlessly to afford to keep us in a strong public school system. Her busy work schedule forced me to take on a high level of responsibility from a young age. If I wanted to get ice cream with my friends, I earned the money by babysitting for my neighbors. I had to spend extra time on my homework as I often did not have a second set of eyes checking for mistakes. These experiences made me naively believe that I could tackle any obstacle by myself and that I did not need help from anyone else. However, my perspective on teamwork started to change when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 13. I was initially unaffected by my diagnosis and insisted on doing my own insulin shots at the hospital as soon as the nurses would let me. Due to some unfortunate timing, I was forced to spend my third and final night at the hospital alone. During that quiet night, my new reality finally sank in and I started to question my ability to handle this challenge alone. Fortunately, when I left the hospital, I was assigned a fantastic team of nutritionists, nurses, and doctors that taught me how to manage my disease. These individuals helped me realize that my condition, if carefully controlled, would not be debilitating. Yet gradually, my appointments with this team became less frequent. And as the only diabetic in my family, I felt isolated as I struggled with the daily ups and downs of diabetes. After years of staunch independence, I suddenly wanted a broader community for support. And the essay goes on. Um, right. But, you know, that just gave me chills reading that, right? Like, that is a powerful story. And you feel like you, you can walk, walk in her shoes. You can feel like, right. what she was going through. Yeah, I, I felt that way, too. I, felt, I feel like that's such an important component of a strong essay is that you are connecting with the uh, essay reader, right? And that the essay reader feels like they're connecting with you. I feel that there's just so much that is different between those two intro paragraphs that you wrote, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, personally, I always have felt like the second one, the, the, the latter of the two was the, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting to see the contrast there. I mean, and then both of them were successful, right? right. So it, Absolutely. it does, it does depend on kind of both where you're applying, but also like what kind of what you're trying to convey. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, Harvard, I'm just going to pick on these two schools for a minute. Harvard and Stanford both have essay questions that of all the schools lend themselves to the most creativity and storytelling because they are the most open-ended. Mm -hmm. You know, that Wharton question was worded, what do you want to gain professionally from a Wharton MBA? It didn't give you a whole lot of bandwidth to write a super flowery, elaborate personal story. Um, right. Whereas the Harvard essay is literally, what else would you like us to know about you? Right. And I think that, I mean, they'd leave it that open-ended on purpose, probably, because they probably get some really interesting answers. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And they also want to see what you do with a whole lot of rope, right? Right. Yeah. And what you want to focus on. Um, mm -hmm. Well, great. And do you have, do you want to do a third one? Or do you feel like that's... Yeah, we absolutely could do a third one. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I feel like I just showed you two ends of the spectrum. 
And then the right. third one I'm going to share is kind of a Goldilocks in the middle. Um, sure. And, and so, you know, this applicant, um, this is the, the essay I'm going to share with you is for his Columbia Business School essay. Um, he was accepted mm-hmm. to Columbia Business School, so it was a successful approach for him. Um, and he was, you know, sort of not quite looking to make a massive career pivot. Um, he was working sort of in the broader finance industry. He was at a rating agency, so not quite sort of hardcore front office finance, but within that world. Um, yeah. And he was looking to sort of pivot into something that was more directly client facing um, and something that was more sort of directly managing investments. Um, yeah. And, you know, he he really loved the work that he did. So he wasn't sort of trying to leave a career that was no longer fulfilling. He loved what he was doing. He loved the world that he was in. But really felt like an MBA was going to help sharpen his leadership skills and broaden his network and really give him a toolkit for long-term success within his industry. So it wasn't necessarily about what's that next step after business school, but for him, he was thinking about it longer term and thinking about how is this going to make me, you know, not just a better professional two years from now, but, you know, a better person and a better leader 10, 15, 20 years from now. And so that sort of shaped the approach that he took to his applications um, and sort of how he thought about his story and how he wanted to present his sort of reasons why for his career goals in his essays. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for the context there. And I'm, I'm quite curious to hear this one, like you said, okay. it's the, the Goldilocks one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll just read you the intro paragraph. Um, like I said, this was for Columbia Business School's essay question, which is basically asking you, what are your career goals over the next three to five years? Um, mm-hmm. And then what's your long-term goal as well? And so this is just the intro paragraph that kind of sets the stage for um, how he's going to talk about his goals. So um, as a first-generation immigrant to the U.S., I was raised on the principle of investing in the future. My parents gave up their life in Hong Kong to invest in better education and career opportunities in the U.S. for me and my sister. When I moved to New York and struggled to learn English in sixth grade, I spent two months of my allowance on several pocket-sized notebooks and pens that I carried around to jot down unfamiliar words that I would later look up in the dictionary. This habit earned me a few jeers on the playground, but I knew the long-term payoff, mastering the English language, would be worth it. And this long-term lens continues to shape my career. At XYZ Company, I've stepped up to become the I'll sort of stop there because now he starts talking about his career and sort of the ways that he stepped up as a leader to sort of help shape um, a new um, sort of pioneering industry coverage that his his firm or his group was starting to launch into. Right. Well, I think that was great. Um, Yeah, it was very interesting to kind of see, like, you know, he was, like you said, kind of in the middle, right? He talked Mm -hmm. about himself a little bit in, in his story, but then jumped pretty quickly into business related things. And I think that really maybe if, if there's any conclusion here, it's that your essay doesn't have to follow a specific formula to be good as much as it has to follow whatever kind of be on brand for you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, I think the best essays are essays that make the reader feel like they know you kind of what makes you tick what you're passionate about or what's driving you um and and everyone's different you know that first essay like you called out was like very kind of to the point and that's Mm -hmm. who that person was and then you know everyone else has a different sort of voice and um 
and almost attitude that they inject in their writing. And I think that's really, really important for that to shine through and to be very clear to your reader. Yeah, great. Well, any other closing thoughts on your favorite graduate school admissions essays? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, dare to be yourself. Um, you, you said it exactly right. There is no formula. Um, there is no right way in, in trying to fit yourself into any kind of box is just going to, you know, end up with some sort of generic or, or inauthentic version of yourself. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, dare to be yourself, you know, qu- be as creative as you feel comfortable being um, in writing these essays. Remember, your audience is reading hundreds, if not thousands of these essays every season. So, you know, you want to you want to make their job as as interesting as possible and, and leave them with you know some clear takeaways by the time that they're done reading your essays and, um, you know, are hopefully in a position to support you and, and ultimately end up uh, advocating for your acceptance to their program. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been Jiri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Melody Jones from Vantage Point MBA Admissions Consulting. And Achievable's GRE course is fantastic. You should try it out for free at Achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off if you like it.